I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I'm no sex goddess, but I haven't spent my life in a tree. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and that sounds like something out of a fortune cookie. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, another really good line. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I think the fact that both of our little intro lines were from Ingrid Bergman's character says a lot. Lady Berg. Lady Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, boy, was she something in this movie. Oh, she really is. I was reading some articles yesterday to um, the movie. What is it? The movie experience? The film experience dot net and Gold Derby. Because I just typed in the Google. I was like, did... Goldie Hawn deserved that Oscar. And mm-hmm. there were a whole bunch of episode or uh, articles that popped up for Cactus Flower, but one of them was one of them just said it's really all about um Ingrid Bergman dancing. That's really all. I mean, that's that's the entire movie. That's that's worth the price of admission. And right. both of them dancing to be fair. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for like this bizarre moment in 1969 where veteran actress Ingrid Bergman and ingenue Goldie Hawn are dancing together to Quincy Jones music in Cactus Flower. It's so bizarre. And like uh, Ingrid already had two Oscars under her belt. Uh, It's like this was right before she won for Murder on the Orient Express, which is a couple years later, I believe, which I'm excited for. Honestly, this has ignited my... Bergman flame. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't mm-hmm. know her, as Mariah Carey would say. Um, I don't know yeah. her as well as I should, and I'm excited to uh, begin that journey. I had the same feeling. I've seen her in a couple other things. I've seen her in Gaslight, uh, which I think she won her first Oscar yes. for. Um, and obviously, she. you know what? I mean, I'm going to own this. I have actually not. Casablanca is one of those movies I have not seen yet. Oh, same. Um, but this yeah. comes to no surprise. I haven't seen anything. I know. Uh, and I'm just like, well, I know it's sort of about a woman, but how much is it about a woman? <laughs> that should be our website. But is it really about the, where's the woman.com? Yeah. Yes. It's like, does the dog die? Where's the woman? Yeah. <laughs> is it about a woman.com? <laughs> yes. Trademark. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. So we'll right, get on I love that right that. away. Yeah, right away. Um, but I actually, I, I was curious about her performance in Murder on the Orient Express. And so yeah. I, I found the movie, I think it was on Amazon Prime. And I know that she is, um, she's only in a few minutes of it. She's in like two scenes. Interesting. And so I was able to basically just watch those scenes. Ooh. So uh, it's, that'll be, I can't remember who else was nominated that year, but that's, 
I'll save it for that episode because it's it, that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, it, it got me kind of uh, in this wormhole of like, well, who else won three Oscars? Because I didn't know she won three. Because that is that is an achievement, of course. No one can or no one has yet to even tie Catherine Hepburn for her four Oscars, which is crazy. Mm. But of course, yeah. Meryl won three, and um, and I think those are the only three ladies. If I'm doing my research correctly, I. Um, and then Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis and then another man who I don't know are the only three who men who have won three Oscars as well. Tweet me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I, I did my research here. Wow. So wait, yeah. is Catherine Hepburn like has won like the actor who's won the most Oscars? Yes, she is. Wow. Yeah. For Morning Glory, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Lion in Winter and On Golden Pond. Wow. And it's crazy that like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Lion in Winter, and On Golden Pond. Like, all of that was later into her career. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, you just think of, like, the decades. You know, people think, oh, Catherine Hepburn, she won so many Oscars. But there were decades, you know, where yeah. she wasn't, you know, at least like the 50s, the 60s, and then until the late 60s where she was winning Oscars. Yeah, so. Morning Glory was in 33. Yeah. And then she didn't win another one until 1967. Yeah. And then her so last that's... one was in 81. That's awesome. That's insane. Um, yeah. That's just nuts. Yeah. Yeah, good old Kate. Think she's a lesbian? Is that the word? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the lore, and and that's yeah. another lady that I just don't know that much mm-hmm. about. I've not seen any of her movies. Wow, I know. Yeah, she is. You know, know what I love about Catherine Hepburn, and I haven't seen t- a ton of them, but uh, what I love about her is how surprisingly nuanced she is. Mm. Like there is, I think when you watch an older movie. There is because there is a, a style, you know, oh, there's yeah. always kind of that music playing in the background. It's just a different style yes. and it can be hard to kind of get engaged with. And I think it's probably why we haven't gone back into earlier decades to talk about BSAs because the movies feel on the outset a little less accessible. Um, yeah. What I, and, and I've kind of just like made that presumption. And then when I like defy that presumption someone like Catherine Hepburn it's like oh my god you're so nuanced you're so accessible you're totally doing things no one told you to do yeah Um, and it's all there so that's like we were talking about last week where some of these older performances it's kind of like a treasure trove of surprises like that's been the experience it's like oh I didn't know this was so nuanced oh yeah it's there's so much to uncover it's a little overwhelming but I mean what better time than these times of quarantine to just pop in an old Catherine Hepburn movie on a Saturday morning cup of Mm -hmm. coffee ugh there's I can I could maybe find the clip on YouTube. It's one of my favorite Catherine Hepburn moments, but she plays Mary Tyrone in a movie version of um, Long Day Long Day's Journey into Night. Okay, and she and I'm not wildly familiar with that play. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I know it enough to know like if you like dysfunctional family dramas, you sh- you'll enjoy oh, yeah. Long Day's Journey into Night. But she has this one scene um, where she's at the dinner table or the breakfast table or whatever, and like snaps and she goes i hate doctors and she like throws her teacup <gasps> and it's 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 i could watch that moment over and over Ugh, so i will find so that satisfying. for you yeah yeah that's probably if you've never seen a katherine hepburn movie i think that moment is a great introduction oh great yeah everyone else or, or anyone else who wants to tweet us bsa pod let me know where i should start what are your favorite katherine hepburn movies mm. let me know yeah um well, uh, this week, of course, we are talking about Cactus Flower. Cactus Flower, Colin. Yes. 
Huh. Had you had had you even heard of this movie before we dove into this? Are you familiar at all no. with this? No, and I never even did because I remember when we <clears throat> excuse me when we did shampoo. I was we were both kind of it kind of lit the fire of mm-hmm. uh, oh okay Goldie I see what you're doing and I really I uh, well I'll say my thoughts but um, no the short answer is no I had not heard of the movie I did not even know what she had won for until I looked it up to watch it over the weekend um, mm-hmm. but I knew I knew that she had won an Oscar and I always had thought that that was a little it's not strange you know it's like it's crazy because I see like uh, Diane Keaton and Goldie Hawn and Bette Midler standing next to each other and it's it's crazy that Bette Midler's the one who doesn't have an Oscar out of the three of them too but oh yeah but it's huh. not it's not to say that um, because she is such a a cornerstone in uh, just like rom-com just like because up until then and and it's funny in the movie I'm kind of getting into it a little bit but it was sort of uh, billed as her debut but she had um, a couple other movies it's like this is not her first film she had a small role in the, a movie called the one and only genuine original family band and oh, she yeah, was billed that's... as goldie jean so there's that <laughs> that's very um it's very uh marilyn monroe and like yeah Norma jean. yeah yeah so um, um up, up until then but uh no i hadn't heard of it had you it's, it's i a play had too so yeah it's a play as well i had heard of it in one of those things where like you know somewhere it it popped into the catalog for a second and i think what i was i think what i knew about it i probably knew like a description of it mm. and i and maybe saw like a few stills from it and i remember kind of my initial judgment was like this it looks so weird to see like veteran actress ingrid bergman in this like nurse's outfit yeah seemingly playing second fiddle to walter Matthau and goldie hawn where i just feel like one of these things doesn't belong like that's kind of my initial judgment is like ingrid bergman is like it's kind of like when they say like you wear like a really like expensive jacket with just some jeans and a t-shirt a mink stole maybe or a mink stole perhaps (laughs) right with you know jeans and a t-shirt and that's kind of you know walter Matthau is like the personification of jeans you know like it's just like oh He's like a trout in jeans, that right. trout face that he has. Right? I mean, he's so like, you know, it, it, he's like two scoops of John C. Riley, one scoop of Adam Sandler, <laughs> yes. blend until chunky. You know? Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> he's got a punum. Yeah. Oh. A punum. oh, my God. He's He is such a punum. And um, like just almost sort of handsome you know what i mean there's something because mm-hmm. all i know is old Wal- walter Matthau. it's like grumpier grumpy and grumpier old men are really mm-hmm. kind of my introduction jack lemon was another one who won three oscars too i think anyway or maybe he mm. won two uh but that was my sort of introduction to him and i think he was i just have to like shout out the ages of everyone really quick in this movie because mm-hmm. walter Matthau was 49 when he filmed this movie goldie was 24 Oh my God! Twenty-four, uh, and Ingrid was fifty-four. Wow! Yeah, a little bit older. Oh. Um, yeah, um, yeah. He, I mean, Walter Matthau is a strange choice. I mean, I like Walter I Matthau think so and, too. I think that's the one. Go. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, I my my introduction to him was also grumpy and grumpier old men, and so you know, I've always kind of had this understanding of Walter Matthau as this kind of old, somewhat you know deflating pool toy you know of of a man yeah Yeah, this grump um and so 
seeing him in this, like, yeah, it's a little surreal, but it still feels like there's something slightly kind of almost handsome, but then it's like, so are we supposed to really believe that this guy is such a lady killer? Yes. He has like, like, you know, the afternoon's morning bisque still on his like his upper lip, you know, it's like he's right. he have to start wiping his mouth. He's just entering his golden years and it's, it doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. Goldie is beautiful in this beautiful. movie. I was, Keon was Keon and I watched it together, and he was just like, "It's crazy how beautiful she is. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. she is a vision." Yeah, a vision. and I think that that's like, I mean, that's really what resonated for me with her in this movie is like, mm-hmm. oh, especially thinking of the context where, like, yes, well, I mean, and I can't remember how much she had been seen on Laughing by the time this had come out, mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe for a, like the, a much larger audience, this was the introduction of Goldie Hawn. And I think mm-hmm. in terms of her persona and her character and like the energy that she brought to movies that kind of became her signature energy, um, thinking about seeing this for the first time in like 1969, it's like, oh my God, where did you come from? There, There's sort of a, it's like, you know, Jennifer Lawrence when she first kind of popped or like sure. even Sandra Bullock where it's just like, oh, this is a whole new energy and it's so refreshing and and um, and specific. And I feel like that, you know, without getting totally into the whole like her winning the Best Supporting Actress Oscar, that to me feels like a big part of why she won is because there was something kind of um, star making about this moment for her. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Because that's, I was, I always try to, and I know when we talk about it, we try to categorize them a little bit. Like, what kind of Oscar is this? Is it like, you know, a career Oscar? Is it like, you know, just based, is it a Monique Oscar where it's just like raw talent? Or is it the Beatrice Strait, the studied, you know, performer that just delivers an incredible performance that's based, you know, and rooted in technique of just Mm -hmm. being an incredible actress? And I, I don't, it's like, it's kind of like, um, for this, it's a. Uh, you just used a word, and now I forget it. It's it's not vibe, but it's energy. Maybe is the word. It's like an mm-hmm. energy Oscar. It's like, uh, but I think I do like the idea of it being like a star maker Oscar, a little bit more too. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like um, it's so different, but it's like I remember when Carrie Mulligan was nominated for an Oscar for An Education. Oh yes. And it just, and it just felt like maybe it's because the the short hair, but it had that feeling <laughs> that of like, oh, this is like the this is like the propulsion Oscar. This is like what's going to launch your career, you know? Yeah, um, I own that movie actually. I was really obsessed with it. I've I've seen it a lot. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. a good film. A film. Do you think she? Do you think she? Yeah, that's not a movie. That's a film. Yes. Uh, do you think she is Oscar worthy in that? I think so. I think if you're feeling that we talked about, you know, the slots that are always kind of filled, like the newcomer, like the mm-hmm. one who's been in the game, the winner, or the almost winner, and then just another wild card. Um, mm-hmm. She definitely fills that slot of the newcomer because that was the year of Precious with Gabrielle oh. Sidibe and Sandra yeah. Bullock and Julie oh. and Julia, I believe. Yes. Wow, what a, I can't believe what a, I remembered yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, what a classic mix of like yeah. different types of BSAs. So That's interesting. Funny. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, that also, I think that kind of brings uh, brings me to the question of what yes. we're talking about BSAs. Let's, let's just get into it here. Mm. The question that I had, uh, actually, no, the first question, I have two questions. The first question I want to ask is like, and there's no right answer here. Did you like this movie? 
I was, Keon asked me the same question last night and I, I had enough time had passed for me to digest the film. It's, this is like not even a word, but I'm going to create it. It's so play-y, play-ish. Mm-hmm. It is like, and we've talked about this before. We talked about the sort of the adaptation from play to film and who does it the best and what are the best examples. But it is so like Neil Simon E. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like Barefoot in the Park. It's it almost reminds me a little bit of The Apartment uh, as mm-hmm. well with Jack Lemmon and Shirley. Um, and the movie was written by the same guy who wrote the screenplay for The Apartment. So it's yes. funny you say that. Yeah. yeah. So it it has that vibe. Even like the sets are very contained uh the apartment Mm. itself looks almost like a stage set it's very even though it's like kind of it's supposed to be a janky apartment um i thought it was actually kind of cute those fluffy uh fluffy pink slippers it's cute yeah Um, yeah she zhuzhed it up yeah yeah um it's um it it's it's a romp right it's a it's Mm -hmm. it's like a farce at its finest it's like there's, there's the one person who doesn't know what's going on which is goldie han and Walter Matthau, who is scheming the entire time, and eventually you're waiting for it all to kind of, uh, you know, crumble, for lack of mm-hmm. a better word, too. So it's like you can see. I called what was going to happen probably about five minutes into the movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's you know maybe not even five minutes. As soon as I met everyone, like the four characters, I was like, okay, he's going to end up with her. Uh-huh. She's going to end up with him, but but they don't know it yet. Which in a way, it's just. I don't know. It's just like I could see why how this was like at the time, like a really, really um, just fun movie to go out and see. I think it was like I read that it was number seven of the like the highest grossing films of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a great night at the theater. And why not? Um, it's with that being said, my final answer is uh, it was fine. I loved mm-hmm. Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it's it's just like a cookie cutter farce type of movie and um i liked it yeah i liked Cactus yeah flower <laughs> <laughs> i like trixie um i don't remember at what point it was but it was maybe it was early in the movie probably within the first 15 20 minutes but the thought occurred to me oh my god nick is gonna hate this movie. <laughs> oh no i mean and i mean yeah, and and I say that saying it, I did not particularly love this movie, so sure. I am not here to defend it. You don't have to defend your take no. on it. I, um, there, you know, I when I rewatched parts of it, I started to appreciate it more. And when I honestly, when I focused on Ingrid Bergman, I really started to find a lot to to love here. But so much of what you said, I agree with. Mm-hmm. I think the play quality of this, yeah. I mean what stood out to me the most was the sets and just how it felt so like contained. It felt so like, you know, like the doctor's office was such a fucking set. Everything doors opening, slamming, shutting. Yeah. The the patients coming in. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And and just like even the, the smallness of it and like, it just was so tight and like, Oh, this is just like all the space you had at the Belasco, you know? Yeah. And it was, um, and and her apartment certainly. I kept thinking about the way that this played out on stage. Um, yes, like I yeah, wondered, same. like it makes oh, a good play. Do yeah, it does. Um, the the dancing sequences were far too long. Though I appreciated Ingrid Bergman, it was like if I never hear this music again, I oh, yeah. will I'm a die a happy man. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god, it was and it was just constant. Um, you know, th- there's a there's a daffy 60s campy sex yes. romp tone that doesn't age well. 
um, it there's, I mean, certainly like the character of of his friend played by Jack Weston, like wildly misogynistic. Oh and, yeah, like, he's gross, gross, and like it's it's and certainly is so much a movie of its time in so many ways. Um, like I would never watch it again, but I. But I would always say, oh, but Ingrid Bergman was great in it. Oh, yeah. If there's one thing we can take away, it's just that sequence of, I need to get make that a, a gif. Like, uh, the the two of them doing that crazy sort of, like, in oh, sequence uh, mm-hmm. or, like, in, in tandem sort of <laughs> dance Yeah, move. that, that so downhill good. skiing moment they oh, were doing yeah, together. Oh, so yeah. Good. The dentist, um, Ingrid, comes up with a dance move on oh, the spot, too. That's one yeah, of my favorites. It, it's a new step. <laughs> I call it the dentist. It's, I mean, while we're on the topic of Ingrid Bergman's accent, I can't tell you how many times I have walked around my apartment saying, oh, Dr. Winston. (laughs) Yeah, just calling Marco. Dr. Dr. Winston. Winston. Dr. Marco. Oh, Julian. Julian Julian Winston. Yeah. I I mean, here's my other thing, too. It's like I I didn't get enough backstory to really... I mean, Ingrid sells it for sure, but Mm -hmm. like, I just wish... This is where it, like it differs from like a play to like something with nuance, and and Ingrid gives us the nuance, but there's nothing written or even shown in the movie that suggests that um what what is her name? I'm sorry, Miss uh, Miss Dickinson. Stephanie. Yeah. Miss Dickinson. Yeah. yeah, is interested in Julian, um, mm-hmm. like because she's just there to do her job, and but like there is there are moments like when he asks her first to meet out for dinner you do see like oh mm-hmm. which she's is that good. pause yeah. in the closet yeah she's doing everything that she can to make that work i just wish there was something in the script that could also m- help us along to to really see mm-hmm. the redeeming qualities in julian because she knows that he's a player she knows that he sleeps around she because she has to handle all the phone calls that come in so right. it's like why would she ever be interested in him when she, when he's a liar and kind of gross yeah, that was that. What I I could not wrap my brain around that was like, why is she interested in him? Yeah, he looks like Walter Matthau, and <laughs> he's a total player, and kind of treats her like crap, um, yeah. and like just is using her as as like it's it's so strange the way he's like, yeah, it's like basically like having a wife, and like she's just you know the the dutiful nurse. Yeah. It's the way they paint women in this movie is like paper thin and the and this movie would not pass the Bechdel test no in any scene whatsoever yeah um and well yeah Ingrid Bergman and Goldie Hawn are certainly like selling it um it's so and I know this is also just like the nature of of this kind of genre but it's so shallow and surface level mm-hmm. um and and I think it that's also some of the dissonance in this movie is that like you have Ingrid Bergman who is just so phenomenal and just like does such textured and like masterful acting, but she's having to play a role that's like paper thin or kind of the impression of deep, you know, like they have that, that conversation where she talks about how she, you know, lives with her sister and her brother-in-law in in Jackson Heights. And then whenever she goes on vacation, she comes alive. It's so like, okay, you're suggesting a, a deeper life here, but by way of like, 20 seconds of a monologue you know like yeah. it's a cheap way to do it yeah i just feel like i would rather see the stage version of this i can picture like a really i was trying to like recast this in my mind i didn't recast the men but mm, i yeah, i feel that um ingrid bergman is kind of like 
a little bit of a she's a little bit weasty, a little bit Diane Weasty, mm. and this like a younger Diane Weast, oh, and then yeah. maybe like Anna Ferris as like the Goldie part because she was in that remake what was that movie she did with was it kurt russell is that her husband oh overboard overboard they just remade that um Mm -hmm. with anna ferris and she did the goldie part she has goldie energy oh yeah Um, totally and i could see like a sort of remake like a revival of the of the play but maybe Mm -hmm. not diane weiss present day but like diane weiss you know when she was 54 or something but present day anna ferris um I like this sort of like quantum casting where it's like the yeah. time doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I. Uh, it'd be interesting. I think if they were to remake this movie, I mean, I think there's so many. I think there'd be gender swapping in terms of like Julian would be Julianne, you know, like I yeah. think that's I think that would be an interesting conceit. Um, but uh, yeah, I oh I love the idea of Diane Weist in this. I love this movie coming out in like. I don't know how old Diane Weist is now, but let's say like 2002. You know? Yeah, exactly. In her prime. I just, there's something yeah. about uh, Ingrid Bergman. Maybe it's just like the, the, the eyes that are slightly squinted. I got mm-hmm. that sort of Diane Weist moment. Um, I don't know if you read this, Colin, and I, I, you probably know, but I'd be really excited if you didn't know. Did you know who was in the original play, uh, the Broadway cast? I did learn okay, this. Okay, good. And I'm, I'm, I, I just had to. I'm sure you were thrilled. Why don't you? Uh, I almost slipped this? in the shower. I was so excited <laughs> because indeed Brenda Vaccaro yes. played. Um, oh my God, what's her character? She played name? Tony. Tony. She played yeah. Tony. The Goldie Hawn um, part. Yeah, and Lauren Bacall played um, Stephanie mm-hmm. in like the original production of this. Yes. Uh, of course, I have no idea who played the men. Don't. No. Um, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, Brenda Vaccaro, which is a, a lovely connection because, of course, she is in one of the nominated movies yes. from this from this year and was nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance mm-hmm. in Midnight Cowboy, but was not nominated for an Oscar. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Um, what are you, I mean, I will certainly obviously have so much more to say about Cactus Flower, but what are your thoughts on talking about some of the other nominees first before we go on? Yeah, sure. Um, I Let me scroll down on my notes here. Um, I watched quite a few clips of two movies specifically. Oh, my goodness. Um, They shoot horses, don't they? First of all, I don't understand the title, but it probably makes sense in the context of the movie. But that's just a standalone title is very strange. Um, Mm. I watched a lot of Susanna York. The final scene I watched, which is I won't spoil anything, too, but it is... um, I would just say stick around for the single tear moment in that movie and in, in that scene because it's real good. And then mm. there's like another uh, shower scene with Susanna York that, um, you know, she screams, she's in a shower, mascara is dripping down her face. I do mm-hmm. not know any, like, have you watched that trailer? It's like, it's like a, a dance contest, but everyone looks like they're speed walking in a circle. I didn't see any dancing. So I, because of, I had lots of time, I watched They Shoot Horses, Don't Okay, they? then... I also watched Midnight Cowboy. Ooh. And I watched and I watched Cactus Flower and I watched the another one. Last summer was the only one. It's it's very hard to find last summer. Oh, but yeah. Uh I'm blanking on the other nominated performance. Uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. Oh, yeah. Cannon. It was a I was a little less intrigued to watch that. Yeah, um, they just revived that on Broadway too. Yeah, yeah. Which is well, interesting. I guess they tried to, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. They shoot horses, don't they? Is not something to watch during potentially these depressing times because it is depressing and grim. So what it is, it's about a dance marathon in like the 1930s. And 
it's nuts because this dance marathon goes on for almost two months. <gasps> this is not like a few days. This is almost two months. And then it's just people dropping out, you know, couple by couple. And then the final standing. And then win, they like, shoot them. I'm just kidding. And then they <laughs> shoot them. Um, they shoot dancers, don't they? Uh, and, uh, and yeah. And so one of the, there's, there's two sequences in the movie that are so harrowing where like, weeks into the comp into this marathon they make them do this speed walking derby and like oh. the last three couples to cross the, and they basically have to do it for 10 minutes straight um and then the last three couples to pass the finishing line would be eliminated these scenes are like i don't think i could ever watch them again they're just so it, they're, they're you're they're so tense the whole time and the second yeah. one in particular is fucking dark like i don't want to ruin it but like jane fonda like wow like she there like there are moments there are shots of her where it's like whoa like jane fucking vonda yeah she's good so go ahead sorry go ahead oh and Susanna york is phenomenal i mean uh i was watching the trailer and that's the scene that they show is that speed walk thing and i was like this is not dancing the dancing uh the dancing the, the dancing. walking yeah but what is what is the end game here what's the what's the prize what do you win you win $1,500. That's it? And I yeah. know there's. it's probably more back then than it is now, but that's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's depression era, you know, uh, dance wow. marathons. And it's so, it feels very, um, it's like watching network in the way that it kind of like lambasts, you know, network television. This is uh, such an indictment of reality television and competitions. Like it's very, um, it's a great movie, but it, does not make leave you feeling good. Yeah, it reminds me. There's a Stephen King book called The Long Walk. Have you heard of that? Oh yes, <laughs> that's yes. why I kind of said mm -hmm. they shoot them afterwards. Because in The Long Walk, I think it's like it's only boys, but maybe there's young girls too. It's like very Hunger Games ish in a way. It's mm -hmm. like you can volunteer for this walk basically, and whoever lasts the longest wins. Like I don't know, whatever they want. Really, it's like they mm -hmm. live a life of prestige and they're taking care of for the rest of their life but if you quit walking then they shoot you and, you, and you're dead God, um wow. and you have to keep up a certain pace like you can't mm -hmm. just like half step you have to keep up like a certain um you know i almost said beats per minute but you know what i mean odometer mm -hmm. speedometer some sure some kind of ometer sure uh, you gotta keep your ometers up yeah, yeah and that's what i was thinking during this entire trailer i was like what is happening here yeah Ugh. it's it's really like it's a it's one of those movies you watch and you're like, oh, God, this is a very specific movie yeah. experience. Um, and there is a line they do. The, 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 the you know, the title makes sense in the context of the movie. But, sure. Um, and it's probably referencing something else I don't know. But yes. Uh, yeah. So they shoot horses, don't they? Is. Uh, oh, um, I would say both that and Midnight Cowboy are far too depressing to watch during this quarantine. Yeah. But. Midnight Cowboy, Jesus Christ, that is a great movie. Like, okay, I've it never won seen Best it. Picture. Yeah, it's, I remember that. Yeah, I and it's something that I've kind of had on my list for a while. But it's and it's like very much mostly about men. Like the women sure. in it are only really in a couple of scenes. But I was there's some gay undertones to keep you going. All right, um, but I mean, like that's the. Yeah, I get that energy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the director's gay, so that made me feel good. There's a lot of there's a lot of the f word. Uh, there's wow. a lot of faggot in it, which I but oh. I also was like, okay, well that's the context of this world. Um, I think once I knew that the director was gay, I was like, okay, well 
we got a sister on set, so yeah, exactly. I, I'm okay with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Bob, Carol, Ted, and Alice, I was like, uh, we'll see if I get to that. Last summer, uh, I'm very intrigued by, but it's very hard to find. Yeah, Barbara Hershey is in that movie. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's like a brutal rape scene in the movie. Yeah. And, um, and, and also like a really great monologue about her mother's death, which I was interested in, but could not find on YouTube. And I was sad about that. Yeah, um, Catherine Burns, some people have said, it's like, oh, she was robbed. And I feel like, you yeah. know, it's one of those, um, it's kind of like uh, Barbara Harris in Who is Harry Kellerman, oh. um, where it's just like this small, brilliant performance that no one's seeing. Yeah, and as far as Sylvia Miles, I knew that name felt familiar because she was also a BSA nominee in 1975 for mm-hmm. Farewell, My Lovely. But of course, she was beat out by Lee Grant for Shampoo. Yeah, yes. well, you know, and we can talk about Sylvia Miles because... This seems to be her gig of showing up in a movie for six minutes, being really bizarre, and then kind of leaving you thinking, hmm, I don't know if she should have been nominated, but I can't stop thinking about what I just saw. Yeah, she just like has this scene where she yells at John Voight and she walks that dog on the sidewalk. And, uh, and she that's definitely it. has interesting energy, right? It's like mm-hmm. she's, I want to know more about her, which is, I mean, it's the golden rule of a BSA. It's like if you're going to be stand out. Yeah, yeah, her role in particular, I for some reason, there's some really disturbing stuff in Midnight Cowboy, but the, like, six-minute sequence she appears in, like, haunts me. It's just, and it's not, there's nothing terribly disturbing that happens, but I think it is her performance. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, why the fuck was this nominated? But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, but let's let's get into these. I mean, we've, we've gotten yeah. a chance to talk about some of them, but let's just give credit where credit's due. Um so at the BAFTAs, um, and you know, again, the the years are always a little I weird. Oh, it's annoying at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they used to match up so well, and now they used not. to match up. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, but all I can say is, um, Susanna York did win the BAFTA in 1970 for They Shoot Horses, Don't yes. They? Mm-hmm. Um, but then in 1969, it was all about the prime of Miss Jean Brody, which. Mm. I, I that I mean I was going to watch that it's like on my list for like this week so folks listening I know it I mean because yeah. uh, there's two BSA nominations for that um, uh, for Celia Johnson and Pamela Franklin nice. um, Golden Globes uh, so Goldie Hawn won the Golden Globe for Cactus Flower um, Marianne McAndrew was nominated for Hello Dolly. Yes, uh, another Walter Susan... Matthau joint. He was. In oh, that is as that? Well. Oh, that's I think right. that's everyone else's. I mean, I'm sh- he was obviously had a great career, but the musical theater gays and gals know him from the Hello Dolly movie. He played Horace okay. Vandergelder. Okay, that's a good point of reference. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm assuming it's like Sean Phillips. Yeah, uh, sounds like an Irish name. Yeah, uh, but she was nominated for Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Uh, Brenda Vaccaro, nominated for Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, she has a great role in that. She really is fantastic. Uh, she has some really great quiet moments and just like great Brenda Vaccaro energy. Yeah. Um, and of course, Susanna York, nominated for They Shoot Horses, don't they? Um, yes. And that brings us to the Academy Awards in which uh, Catherine Burns, as mentioned, was nominated for Last Summer, Diane Cannon for Bob Carroll, Ted and Alice, Sylvia Miles for Midnight Cowboy, and Susanna York. For they shoot horses, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess just to go back to the Golden Globes for a second, Brenda Vaccaro. So she plays the whole thing with Midnight Cowboy is it's John Voight is this like uh, 
small town dishwasher, you know, from Texas who has big dreams of moving to New York and becoming a hustler. He has this idea that he's going to go to New York and find all these women who are willing to pay to have sex with him. Yeah. And um, it just never really happens. Uh, the whole scene with Sylvia Miles is like his first attempt at it. And he doesn't realize that she doesn't think he's a hustler and she's not intending to pay him. Uh-huh. And like, so it's kind of like the, oh, I just slept with this woman for nothing, which sounds awful, but it's like he wasn't, he was just trying to make money. Yep. Um, he wasn't attracted to her. And so, um, so it's, it, so that happens. And like, then, you know, Dustin Hoffman, of course, is in that. Uh, oh, uh, in a, yeah. The, hey, I'm walking here. Yeah. That's the it's, famous it's line. A, yeah. It's a pretty fantastic performance. He's, it, it's a, it's a pretty indelible character. I, I can see why he gets the acclaim that he does for this. Yeah. Um, and so then he meets this guy and it's like it, and, and Dustin Hoffman's character is just this like, you know, uh, street urchin basically. Eventually they're both living in, you know, uh, a, um, uh, condemned building that Dustin Hoffman's character lives in. Um, so they're living in a condemned building and they're like stealing and like scheming. And meanwhile, like Dustin Hoffman is like slowly dying. Um, oh. but eventually they, they go to some crazy party that has sort of almost vibes of like cactus flower t- times a <laughs> yeah. hundred in terms of like, I'm at a 1960s party. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's where John Voight's character meets Brenda of a character, Brenda of a Caro's Brenda of a character, the Brenda of a character of Shirley. Um, and who ends up, it's, it's very interesting. She, they kind of like make it very clear that he's a hustler and she's like, okay, how much is this going to cost me? And then she takes, John Voight's character back to her apartment and they have a night together. Um, and it's, it's, she's kind of like the only really like bright light character in the movie. Got it. But, and, but again, she's only in it for probably 10 minutes. And then, um, you know, the next morning, like she kind of arranges for him to meet up with one of her friends later in the week. And then it's an interesting final note where she then is just kind of sitting there and she looks at him. She's like, well, bye. Hmm. Like, you, you're kind of reminded that this was just an arrangement. Yeah. And, um, but it's nice that we see it almost from the an empowered woman's perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's Brenda Vaccaro in Midnight Cowboy. She's great. Um, and the movie is... It, honestly, I think it's worth seeing because it's just like fantastic filmmaking. Great. I'm excited. I'll, I'll definitely add it to my list, quote unquote. The list. Amanda yeah. Kaczynski. I want to see that list. That's what she says. I want to see that list. <laughs> the one with the list. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say real quick too, um, going back to the Golden Globes as well, that Ingrid Bergman was nominated for Cactus Flower. I just wanted to throw oh, that out. Oh. Yes. She lost, but she was nominated. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. I mean, yes. uh, not surprising. I feel like, uh, if, you know, like when someone like her shows up in a movie, that happens the next year in terms of Helen Hayes winning for Airport. It's just yes. like, it's it's not like a fantastic performance, but she's a classic actress, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Other otherwise, um, have you seen, are you familiar with Hello, Dolly? Do you know Irene Malloy? I know Hello, the Dolly? show really well. Um, yes, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think, I've not seen the movie. I know, I know everyone. Hey, that's, you know, it's, uh, that's on means, the list. <laughs> it's on the list. We should just call this podcast The List. I know. Um, I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. But I, I really, really, really love the show. I saw the revival 
uh, whenever that was, maybe like four years ago at this point. It seems like four years ago, but I'm not sure. Maybe three. And it, it was one of, if not the best Broadway show I've ever seen. It was mm-hmm. so incredible. I did not see Bet. Um, I did see Donna Murphy instead because she was doing an entire week of performances. Bette Midler was off, which mm-hmm. is the only reason that I did see the show because the tickets were available because not right. everyone, everyone wants to see Bet, So people weren't running to see, even though Donna Murphy is like a two-time Tony award winner. Like she was yeah, incredible. Right? Um, it's Donna Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> and in yeah. some ways I know uh, Ryan O'Connor from Lady Watch would agree that he actually, he's like, I think I remember him saying, he's like, I hate to say this, but I think I actually kind of prefer, uh, uh, Donna Murphy. I couldn't remember her name wow. for a second. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where What's am I? her name? <laughs> where yeah. did I go to? That uh, understudy. <laughs> yeah, because you can already picture Bette Midler in the role. You need, ev- you know, everything that's mm-hmm. gonna happen. You know, all the like notes that she's gonna hit. But Donna Murphy has a little bit. It's a different. It's just a different performance, uh, all things considered, too. But uh, Donna was great. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I, that would make sense to me that there might be a little more star power driving Bette Midler's performance, whereas yeah. Donna Murphy's got to dance a little faster, say hello a little louder to Dolly, because yeah. uh, whatever, whatever that musical's about, yes. um, because people are not clamoring to see her. You know? Yeah, but I, I've not seen the film, to answer your question, um, but I will yeah. one day. Yeah. It's on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on the list. Uh, great. Well, uh, let's, I mean, it's a little weird. We usually let our winner uh, accept their award at the yes. Academy Awards. Unfortunately, Goldie Hawn was in London filming, and so uh, Raquel Welsh accepted her award for her, which I, I guess we could play just to give Raquel Welsh a moment sure. on Best she Supporting runs Podcast. out there. Run. I would suggest watching it as well, but of course. Yeah. Yeah, but just so you know what you're in for. As, as you see, Raquel Welch will accept the Goldie Hawn, who cannot be here. Thank you. Well, I'm, it's a pleasure to accept this award for her. She couldn't be here because she's in London filming, but I know she would want to thank uh, all her co-stars, um, Walter Matthau and Ingrid Bergman, her director, Gene Sachs, and Mike Frankovich. And uh, I think it's wonderful for her. Thank you. Coincidentally, she's also gorgeous. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. like un unfathomably gorgeous. Like, I can't wrap my brain around looking like that. You know? Yeah, her and Sophia Loren standing next to each other, like the world would explode. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, Sophia sisters. Loren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sophia Loren, who was in Grumpier Old Men, and oh. I, not for nothing. But speaking of liked it more, I think I like Grumpier man, Old Men more than Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, because that focuses on the Walter Matthau Sophia Loren storyline. Yes, um, and that is, and the two of them, like, what a great dynamic. It's, yeah, it's almost somewhat reminiscent of Ingrid Bergman and Walter Matthau. You know, yes, but it works even better. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about. I think this is like my big annoyance with him in the movie is like there is no urgency even though he is the one orchestrating the entire series of events he's just so passive and just like half asleep the whole time Mm -hmm. i just wanted to like slap him and like can't you just like open your eyes a little wider and pretend that you're a little bit worried about all this i i I don't know but like in grumpy your old man and grumpy old men it works because that's just him and yeah that's what we know but i guess maybe that's his style i don't know Mm mm-hmm I mean, I think, you know, like, I think it's like, well, when you look at Walter Matthau, it's like, well, of 
of course he's perfect and grumpy and grumpier old men. Yes. It's kind of like, that's why he's not perfect in cactus flower. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like for the same reasons, um, you know, I think, uh, to, to take us to Goldie Hawn, mm-hmm. um, my, my question I wanted to ask earlier and now I'm asking now is, is this even a best supporting actress performance? Yeah, there was, that was some of the, the, the issues that I read in some articles too. It's like there it's, it's kind of like a favorite thing mm-hmm. in a way, because really both of them, I feel have a, an equal amount of screen time yeah. But if you were to like separate them, I guess so. I think it has BSA energy, but it doesn't have like on paper it's a leading performance because it is all about mm. her. But I think but I think even Ingrid is like the lead in a way mm-hmm. because you know, Goldie is just like the cipher. We're seeing it through like not through her eyes, so to speak, but it is like She's the only one that doesn't know what's going on, so we're following her journey the closest, I guess. But mm-hmm. then, once things start to develop, we're like, "Oh, but Ingrid's just as interesting, if not more interesting." Yeah, I think that's you know, in, I think in the mere fact that the movie opens with Tony but ends on Stephanie, kind of says a lot about the structure of it. But also, like what you're just saying is like it opens, and we're kind of going along with Goldie and with Tony's story, and it's like, okay, this is you know, you're my you're my uh, my my vehicle into this movie, yeah. but then once we like stop off at Ingrid Bergman, then it's like oh, and like then once we get her out of that nurse's outfit and they go for drinks and she gets to kind of have a monologue talking about her life, I was like oh, let's stay here for a while and yeah, and it does kind of become about her emerging, um, and kind of her like she gets more to do because she gets to evolve from being this uptight nurse. To kind of starting to be like, you know, the dressed down Stephanie to then pretending to be the wife, Mrs. Winston, to then, you know, uh, loosening up and dancing with Igor, like, and then kind of, you know, blossoming. Like, she gets to have so much more of an evolution, whereas I think Tony, it's a, it stays pretty much in the same territory. And then, like, towards the end, I think that last scene she has with Julian is is a great example of like what Goldie Hawn is really good at of like playing like her being more clever than she lets on yes. you know um but it's not the same range that Ingrid Bergman shows which would be a, a tall order or the same range that Stephanie the character gets you know does that make sense yeah no I I agree I think that um it's tough because, like, in ways, I'm like, maybe Ingrid Bergman should have been nominated instead and should have won instead in, like, mm-hmm. an alternate universe, too, because it just is the meteor of the roles, like you, like you were saying. But also, just a side note, I, I if I was directing this play, and I'm sure this is exactly how it played out, that... <clears throat> the lights would fade to black and but the only thing left on stage would be the cactus and the flower oh, that's exactly how this played out it's like raisin mm-hmm. in the sun with like the plant on the windowsill um, mm-hmm. oh i know i, <laughs> I thought mean, about that i was like directing this play as i was watching it uh but um but i guess back to goldie to uh, there is a charisma there is a sort of energy and freshness that she brings to this this movie that is necessary but she's um she plays it's like a fine line between ditzy and aware at the same Mm -hmm. time because she has to be smart enough to figure things out 
but she also has to be dumb enough to not figure it out at the same time, which is a little tricky. And she mm-hmm. has to be likable because that character can easily be like, I don't know, just like a dumb broad, you know? And, and right. in ways right. she hits a lot of those notes, but not in the way that you expect her to. There is like an intelligence there that I think only she can bring, which is um, a skill, I think. Uh, and I... There's so many little moments. I guess let's get into it here. Yeah, let me mm-hmm. uh, let me pull up my notes. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's kind of like a a comparison to what you're saying. Like I think it it it's probably I probably love the performance more, but I think there's something similar to this uh, with Amy Adams and Junebug, where oh, it's just yeah. like there's there's an inner there's someone who's clearly not seeing everything clearly, but then there there's also like an inner life to that character, and there's mm-hmm. I. I believe that they exist in the real world. And um, I think in Junebug, obviously Amy Adams gets to, obviously she has that whole hospital monologue and all of that. But um, I think that uh, that's, I think like it's weird because, you know, in so many other performances we've, we've talked about, we've like isolated it down to these moments and these scenes. And I think in the case of Goldie Hawn, a lot of what resonates is just the overall approach and the overall um you know, the thing, the Goldie Hawn vibe that she's bringing that I think was so new that it was like the mere fact that she was playing this role made it a best supporting actress role mm-hmm. um, because of what she was bringing versus like, you know, having like, um, I, I think she has a couple moments, but it doesn't have that same feeling as like, I don't know, so many other BSA, you know, performances where like, like oh, Rita Moreno, the... she could be yes. funny and then she can like break your heart at the same yes. time. And you can isolate like Rita Moreno, like Anita, you know, I got a message for your American buddy monologue, Ooh, you know, yes. um, whereas there's not as much of that in this performance. Yeah, you know there's, I mean? there's a single tear moment at the record store, which I, I quite yeah. liked, actually. I was like, all right. And I hate I, I don't hate I, I, I wish that I didn't have that expectation of like you need to check all the boxes because in some of these performances we're just not gonna get them and i have to be okay with that but i Mm -hmm. i still want it it's like if you can show me if you can make me laugh and cry in the same movie that's like that's my bread and butter i think that that's sort of what i'm ultimately looking for even if it is a drama if there's a a note of comedy too like i think that it goes both ways Mm -hmm. but um uh, yeah, and I it's just go ahead, go for it. Yeah. Oh, I was just say, and, and I think to your point, like comedy, comedic performances are so rarely nominated slash win mm. because it doesn't seem like the same heavy lifting. Like, yeah, sorry, is... Marco is uh, working on his litter box. <laughs> He's at the chiming moment. in. I guess he has his own feelings. Here's My what I thought: a cactus, cactus flower. flower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, God, you prick. Um, so. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it, it makes me think of, and I'm excited to eventually talk about Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. I was just going to say that. Yes, mm-hmm. same thing. Right, where you are you don't get a crying monologue in that. Um, you don't get, like, all of the boxes checked. But there's something about that performance as well that feels like, oh, wow, this is like a... Are you done over there? <laughs> I probably have to put more litter in his box. This is my fault. That's okay. Um, waiting for it to get delivered. Um, but I think that there's something similar with that performance where it feels like, oh, this is, 
Marissa Tomei's like full-bodied approach to this is heavy lifting in terms of acting, you know? Oh, yeah. Ugh, Marissa. I just love her. Marissa, I know. Yeah, emerging emerging best supporting actress podcast best supporting podcast queen. Yeah, you know? patron saints becoming patron, one of many patron saints of, of the BSP. Yeah. yeah. I and I think that there's so many <laughs> one thing that I really found interesting at the beginning of this movie, she tries to kill herself, which is pretty that's a pretty big uh, matzo ball there, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it starts yeah. off, but it's done in like a almost silly way. Like the way that she like fluffs her pillows. Although I did like the nuance of her like kind of like picking out which pillow and like mm-hmm. laying and she still has her fluffy slippers on and mm-hmm. she, uh, but she does it wrong, right? She, she doesn't, Oh, no, she doesn't do it wrong. She doesn't, well, you're supposed to take your, stick your head in the oven, which she doesn't do. She just kind of lets the fumes, you know, Fill the apartment, and then right. we haven't talked about Rick Lenz at all. Igor, who's Igor. like really sexy and dashing in his own sort of dopey way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into him. <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah, he... who is this guy? He's the character I had the most problems with. Like from mm-hmm. a writing standpoint, I was like, this is so weird. There, he's giving her mouth to mouth and not the correct way. And no one right. tips the head back in a movie. That's like number one that you learn in CPR is make sure you let like clear the airway. Yeesh. Um, Yeesh. And then he's making out with her, and she doesn't flinch. She just makes out with him, and she's like, who are you? Oh, yeah. Not and like, she... who is this man making out mm-hmm. with me in my dark apartment? Right, and he has that thought of like, oh, man, well, whoever Julian is is not going to be happy. It's uh, it, it's definitely, uh, that character is such a device. Yeah, it's such yes. a device in a play. Um, and, you know, I can appreciate a device like Mrs. Darden, the... Um, the patient at the at the dentist's office, that older woman. Who oh like, yes, I appreciated her too. Yeah. yeah, she's a total device, but it works because it's like I don't know. There's she's given good lines, like it, she's sort of a, a welcomed, fun little energy. But he, um, yeah, the moment he showed up, I was like, okay, so you're here so that she eventually can end up with you in the end. Got it. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But he's just. I don't know. There's nothing to him as well. He's like a writer and uh, she goes over to his apartment once and they're, they have chemistry, but it's mostly physical. There's not really as much, you know, emotional chemistry in a way, maybe a smidge, but mm-hmm. uh, fine. That's all I have to say about him. Well, I think, you know, it's funny in, in a movie that's kind of a bedroom farce sex romp. I didn't want any of these couples to get together. You know, yeah, maybe Igor and Stephanie. I don't know. Like I, I, I really, I wasn't like rooting for any of these couples, you know, like I actually kind of thought that the ending where like she, where Stephanie ends up with Julian, I was like, oh God, this is such a sellout. Like I wanted her instead to just kind of like catch him in the lie of like oh well i already told her that you know i'm your nurse and then i wanted her to leave i didn't want her to fall in love with yes him, yes you know? that would have been and, the alternate ending yes like i think that then he should have been left you know slumped to the desk face in his hand and then he just like stares at the cactus flower and Ooh. then you can do your little closer with the, yeah. with the light and that awful song <laughs> yes <laughs> whatever that whatever that theme song was um but anyway uh so I agree. I think the opening sequence, I mean, the thing with the opening sequence is, A, it's kind of dark. B, mm-hmm. she's kind of not doing it well. C, Igor is a strange addition. D, 
in terms of a best supporting actress, we're getting a lot of time with her. You know, yeah. like it's and this is where I was like, wow, is she going to disappear halfway through the movie? You know, like like Psycho, uh, Janet Lee and Psycho, she was nominated for best supporting actress, but and the movie is all about her for 45 minutes, but yeah. then obviously she's not in the rest of it. So it makes sense. Whereas this, I was like, when does this become supporting? That's true. It's like very rarely do we meet our BSA in the first scene. I think it's, it's yeah. a little bit strange, but yeah, I... Yeah, we I'm got Lee like Grant doing in the shampoo. math in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, we do. Uh, yeah, because I'm. That's kind of what I'm thinking of. I'm like, I'm sure I'll regret saying that as soon as I said it, because I'm sure there are other exceptions to the rule that we love or accept. Um, mm. Well, I think it's like it's, uh, a best supporting actress can be in the first scene, but is it about her? Like that scene was so much not about her. She was so Lee Grant. It was so much. She was adding the sort of BSA energy to that scene. That's true. Yeah. Whereas this another... was focused on Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I mean, there, I just wrote down a couple lines. I mean, this mm-hmm. kind of is borderline for the moment she won it with me, with me because I am approaching this as more of like a cumulative sort of idea, which we've done before, too. It's like, is there one moment? I mean, since we didn't get, I don't know. I got a message for your American buddy or anything else like that. (laughs) It's like the single tear moment at the record store. I really liked, and I was surprised by that. I was surprised that it, um, in a good way, I was like, okay, I like this. Mm -hmm. I see some, you know, a well-rounded performance here. But one thing that made me laugh hard was when, um, Julian rushes to her apartment because he doesn't get the message in time. And she opens the door and she just, all she says to him, she's like, I didn't know dentists make house calls and crunch. Mm-hmm. And she eats this chip. And I was yes. like, and that was the, that might be it for me because I was like, what a thing to say. So yeah. nonchalant. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. I laughed hard at that. And the chip crunch was nuanced. Oh, like that yes. was, yeah, it is that was, I, I remember that moment. Yeah. Um, and then she just walks I, away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It was, um, yeah, because yeah, he he storms in and she's like just sitting at the table eating chips, drinking a Coke, and then she just eats the chip and then just like turns her head. And I was like, yeah, oh. chip acting. It's I just feel like. Cigarette acting, you know? Yeah, yeah, take a note, Melissa Leo. Um, <laughs> oh, I would love to see Melissa Leo with some chips. Oh. <laughs> Melissa Leo in Cactus Flower. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Leo as Tony. In oh, my God. Flower. Yes. I mean,. Melissa Leo as Stephanie would be. I would also. Yeah, yeah I would I accept into that. It. I would accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Our Mrs. Leo is Mrs. Darden, probably, as the woman who oh, yeah, ate Melissa's... the caramel. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in here to my house. Comes in here. Yeah. yeah. He storms in here. Tilted head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, MTV the girl. <laughs> oh, my God. I want Melissa Leo in the fighter in Cactus Flower. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, the cactus, the the cactus fighter, yeah. The cactus <laughs> fighter. God, that's good. That's good. Um, so you know the the single tear moment that that for me was probably the when she won it mm-hmm. because and, and the way that she kind of like lifts her lip up to like take like eat the tear yeah, in a way. I get what you're saying. Yes. it was so. Um, that moment was such a, it felt like a revelatory moment of, of um, Goldie Hawn. It, to me, that was like, oh, 
this is the moment people realized she was a movie star. You know, yeah. like it may not be that exact moment, but that's what it felt like. Maybe because it was more dramatic and it showed range mm-hmm. and that she wasn't just this kind of like daffy baby giraffe of an actress, but like had some real perfect description. Yeah. You baby know, giraffe. She is those eyes. She's totally. Oh. Um, and I, I really, I appreciated that. I think that she, um, it certainly is a cumulative performance, like her comedic timing the way she navigates certain lines, like um, I remember there's this one line when in that first scene with Igor, when she's, he says something and she, she responds saying, well, you must be a really corny writer. And she does it like that where she kind of like goes down on the line. Yeah. And it's like, she's not, she's really good at knowing when to not put an exclamation point at the end of her jokes, yes. you know? Uh, and, and like having just that kind of like uh, mannered way of delivery that, I forget that she's capable of, you know? Yeah. And it's like, she it's if she's playing like a woman in her early twenties, it's like she, it, it makes sense that all she's sort of thinking about is love and relationships mm-hmm. and all that good stuff too. And like, there's even a, an element of flirtation with Igor. I guess they do have a little, she has good chemistry with him because she's Goldie Hawn and she's really natural, but I don't know if it's like reciprocated, like as a package. Um, but another one that I really just loved was when Walter Matthau shows up with the mink at the store and she's just so genuinely excited to see him. She said, what are you doing here? It's it's just like one of those. And she smiles and like, she looks probably the best in that record store because it's so bright and she's so mm. bright. It's like, it's like, uh, that's her element. That is her sort of, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to make something up here, a clever sort of metaphor <laughs> imagery, <laughs> like a giraffe in the zoo. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, she just looks just like a giraffe on at home. some hay or something. What a giraffe. Totally. See, I don't know. They have black eucalyptus, tons. maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. not, maybe that's koalas. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're yeah. not picky. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I, I agree. I think that there is. Um, there's something I think, yeah, if you put Goldie Hawn in like a bright, colorful, like um, musical situation, like I mean, it's when you think of kind of how her career started and being on Laughing, like she, I get that. Like, I get that she's it. I think it's so jarring to see her in something darker or like there's a movie that she's in in the 70s that I've been wanting to see called The Sugarland Express, where mm. she gives a very dramatic performance. It's very intense. And it's like, oh, like, I want to see Goldie in that, but I'm yeah. so attached to the, like, sunny and bright record store Goldie, you know? Yeah, I think it's almost like um, like a Michael Scott balance. It's like, I want you to be pretty daffy almost about 95% of the time, but I would love mm-hmm. just 5% of those moments to come down, come back to earth and be mm-hmm. a human. Yeah, uh, like, I want, I still want that moment where you, like, go to Pam's art show, you oh, know? Like, I still need that. Yes. Yeah. Oh God! I just watched um, that clip the other day just for the hell of it. <laughs> it just like popped up. Of course, up. yeah. Of course. Oh my God! It's so good. Yeah, it's oh, so good. It's so good. Um. So, uh, I mean, I don't want us to jump the gun, but I, I guess if I'm being honest, I probably don't have tons to say about Goldie Hawn and Cactus Flower. Yeah. Other feel... than like she's great. Yeah, she's great. Love the potato chip crunch. That is that is my moment. I think mm-hmm. it's it's just silly enough and a great um that's like if someone else had that line i wonder how they would do it would they be angry you know Mm -hmm. it's like i think of those lines on paper of like this is the first time she's seeing him she knows that like he chose his wife over her and she attempted suicide 
and that's the mm-hmm. first thing that she says, and that's right. how she says it. I love it. I love it. And that, and then eats a chip. It's oh, great. Chip yeah. acting. Yes. That's, yeah. It's my takeaway from this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like because in comparison, in terms of like moments and sequences, where I'm like, oh, that's a great moment, is maybe less for her, but more for Ingrid Bergman. It is for Ingrid Bergman. Is that next morning after the party when she's hung over in the elevator with Julian and she's like talking about the night she had and she's talking about the, um, the gin and tequilas. And there's this great moment where she's talking, she goes, and, and the hair falls out of the bun of her. uh, And it almost seems like a moment where she, it, she kept going Mm. where she's talking. She goes, Ooh, and she kind of like touches her hair and pushes it up and then keeps doing the line. Oh, it's, I think it's my favorite moment in the movie is that whole sequence of her in the elevator. Um, talking about the night that she had it's really really good and i think um it's funny talking about goldie hawn and seeing her in a specific light and kind of like goldie hawn in her wheelhouse Mm -hmm. because so much of ingrid bergman's career is doing really dramatic really heavy stuff and just like knocking it out of the fucking park Mm -hmm. that we so rarely get to see her be funny and she'll have fun Yes. Yeah, and have fun, and she's so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, she has such great comedic timing. I mean, even that sort of slapsticky moment when Julian first says to her, "Like I'm in desperate need of a wife," and her elbow falls off the table, and yeah. then she she does it so well. Like that yes. could very easily not be funny, and the way she maintains eye contact with him when it happens, and it's you know, it's kind of like the Robin Williams thing, where someone who is so adept at comedy is can also be incredibly adept at drama. <clears throat> yes. And that they're kind of just using the same muscles in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think that Ingrid Bergman, this is a great example. Like this is someone who is, you know, a, a heavyweight champion when it comes to drama, but like her comedic timing is just as precise, like precise, you know? Yeah, I would totally agree. Cause that line that my opening line that I'm no sex, not no sex goddess, but I haven't spent my life in a tree. The way mm-hmm. that she says that is it's just funny coming from her. Um, and mm-hmm. all the stuff that she says to um, Walter Math, like the greasy, gross guy, when he's like yeah. trying to like put his hand on her, and like she, every single thing, like she shuts him down at least four times in a row with great mm-hmm. lines, like "you don't have a brain" yeah. or something, you know, just stuff like that. Um, yeah, when but, they're posing as a couple, and and I, I mean, she's such a drag queen. She's like, "Oh, I didn't know they made champagne in Idaho," uh, <laughs> and then you know, and he says, "Like, here's to our." enduring love affair and she's like you know uh god help us or something like that she's like eat glass yeah yeah (laughs) like something like that perfect timing um that was i I, she made me laugh the most i mean that i think um the first time i really laughed out loud is when uh julian and is is working on his friend in the dentist's office and the friend says oh i read something about nurses and she's like oh i didn't know you were into reading and that's just like the way that she did it it is a um, read, pun intended. It's yeah. such a read. But I mean, the artistry of her exit line from Tony, of course, my intro line, um, uh, that sounds like something out of a fortune cookie. Yes. It was so fucking condescending. Uh-huh. It, like everything about that moment is just like comedic brilliance. And I did not expect that from Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Really, she is the BSA of this movie. I mean, she, it's like I, it's I hate just, to say it. Yeah, it's like we spent far more time, much more mm-hmm. time talking about Ingrid. Um, maybe because we didn't expect it, which is also mm-hmm. another sort of BSA cornerstone, is right. It's like you don't expect yeah. this kind of performance from someone, and then they just kill it. Ingrid, yeah, could have been her fourth Oscar. She could have been up there with Kate. 
I know, right? Can you imagine if Ingrid Bergman won for Cactus Flower? Oh, that would have like, been amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird little movie yeah. uh, to just like be holding this BSA performance. Uh, but I did, I mean, I said before, but I, it was really, especially like the record store scene where she goes and pretends to be Mrs. Winston. Yes. Just watching her and Goldie Hawn act together. And again, just thinking of the historical significance of Ingrid Bergman and Goldie Hawn in 1969 doing a scene together. Yeah. and. Like, not for nothing, but Goldie Hawn holding her own. You know, yes. I mean, this is like uh, one of the greatest living actresses at the time. And Goldie Hawn is just like matching her in terms of maintaining the scene chemistry. It's yes. really, um, that was, th- that is a reason to watch this is just to see the, um, those the two dynamic. actresses. Yeah. yeah. Working together. Yeah. That's great. Oh, cactus flower. Well, you know, now it's one more thing we can say. Oh, no, I have seen that. Yeah. So that'll feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a movie I never would have seen, probably, but now we have Ingrid Bergman in our, oh, in our, in our hearts, catalogs. In our minds. In our hearts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, unless she makes those egg salad and chicken sandwiches, she can. She can too much mayo, Colin. Too I much say, mayo. Bring on the mayo. Ugh, Sometimes they get dry, mayo. you know? Ugh, too like much to egg salad. Them. Oh, I love mm. egg salad. I like the chicken part of all that. Take everything else away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never had egg salad, but really? I refuse. I, I mean, refuse. I get it. I get it, mm-hmm. but I love it. Wow. I love it That's... so much. Do you not like mayo? Are you not I... a mayo fan? You know, it's like if I not... don't if I don't know I'm eating it, I'm fine. But if I know Ooh. mayo is on something, I'm like, oh. But then when I think about what mayo is, I'm like, yeah, but I eat both those things. Like, yeah. Right? It's like what? Yeah. Eggs and oil? Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought we would have ended this t- talking about talking mayo? About yeah. Mayonnaise, yeah. Um, well, uh, that of course, and I'm suddenly realizing, am I blanking on what my BSA of the week is? Ooh, well, I can start babbling about mine while you think please, of yours. Please, please, so, that will hopefully bring it back for me. Of course, BSA of the week, as everybody knows, is uh, each week it's a performance or a actress or an actor or a food or a thing or a song oh i remember what it is and or anything in our (laughs) anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives um so indeed tell me about your psa of the week yeah i have a couple runners up of course great um for the last two weeks um i've been ordering i mean three weeks really i can't keep track anymore i've been we've been ordering groceries um to be delivered and one thing that i saw that has just been my bsa of the, like maybe the last three weeks is um i've been indulging in just a simple can of chocolate frosting uh that i would oh, just you know yeah. kind of get the spoon out and kind of sneak a couple bites every once in a while throughout the day a terrible habit by the way but all it's so indulgent that it kind of just felt really right at the time but uh alas this week i did not order another can it's time to put down the spoon <laughs> so wow. to speak um but did I, you ever put them put it on an oreo or anything um what i what i did actually i mean so many so many things here but um besides the spoon i was dipping graham crackers into it as well and we have some oh. mini marshmallows as well so i would put oh. maybe like a little it's like an impromptu a poor man's s'more if you will yeah um, yeah without poor the fire, man's s'more without the fire. <laughs> um and it was great so i that 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 was kind of like my best sort of uh, impromptu invention <laughs> wow um, i had my friend in college used to like he would if i'm remembering correctly he would like stab a fork into the middle of an oreo so it was stuck on the fork oh, yeah. and then swirl it in the frosting oh 
That's and a it pro was, move. That is yeah, amazing. not to inspire another can of frosting, but should you ever it's give Oreos it a go. are just bliss. Yeah. Um, uh, and another thing that I found yesterday that I sent to you, Colin, that is just... Uh, it's... It's heavenly. It's Ava Gardner and a scene in the Night of the Iguana. Um, oh, that's what it's from. Yes, which is a Tennessee oh, Williams play. I, yes. I did some deep research because I, I just basically, want, and by deep research, I just looked at the comments to see mm-hmm. the first person who said, like, where is this from? Um, right. But it, it is, I, I, I say this every week because I said I was going to post something last week on our Twitter account, which I didn't. Um, but I'm going to really try to post this because it is special. It is so mm nuanced and crazy and exactly that sort of like i want my baby yes um, yes sort of moment it's it, but the caption of it was like how i feel in quarantine or like me right now one of those things and it's her mm-hmm. she's like well i am a very young woman I'm, in fact i'm a beautiful woman if i could find a right the right <laughs> beauty parlor and then she just like she's holding this bottle of coke and then she just loses it the hair is an important role in this whole scene just mm-hmm. the, and then she tries to open this door and uh, throws her head back whenever she kind of opens it and then a glass like lamp off the wall falls it is the perfect like choreographed uh rhythm like the rhythm is so perfect it's like slam uh smash at the end yeah it's perfect it was I, that was a, a lovely little moment it was kind of like it made me think you know um, if we still had Vine, like a version oh, of Vine, yes. you know, that's exactly just, it. just, you know, that's what I want. I, if Vine still existed, I would want an account of just acting moments. Oh, BSA you know? Vines. BSA Vines. BSA Vines. I just Ugh. want of just, I mean, I know that it can happen on Instagram and, you know, there's ways of doing this, but like, there's something specific about that format yes. that lends itself to this kind of little moment yeah Um, it it did remind me of a vine for sure yeah uh but my last but not least i i put the spoon down for my can of frosting but i picked it right back up for a recipe that i made which is my bsa of the week um i have the magnolia bakery cookbook um and of course everyone knows there it for those people who don't know it's a uh, infamous bakery in uh, new york that sells cupcakes and other baked goods but they are known for their banana pudding and i made a whole batch of banana pudding and it is exactly what i need it is dangerously good it's crazy really um, yeah oh my god it is have you not had it then I'm i've not had it i'm familiar Ooh. with it of course yes uh you know and banana can can banana flavored things can be tricky Yes. What are your in term? Because I made banana bread recently. I was one okay. of those gays who of made course, banana bread. Of course. Um, but of course, I added chocolate chips and walnuts. Oh, you have so, to. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say I would lose respect for you if you didn't. Oh no, I I just <laughs> it, it was basically chocolate chip walnut bread with banana essence. Yeah. But, um, exactly. So how like yeah? So tell me about like and also is it just pudding or is there like a is there like a Nilla wafer happening around? Oh this? yes. Okay. okay. So I, thank it's, you. It's a fairly easy. <laughs> thank you. Please go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for this question. Uh, <laughs> it is very easy to make. Um, the base of it is it's like a cup and a half of like ice water for some reason. And then a, this is like the secret ingredient is a can, which are very tiny, of sweetened condensed milk. Sure. Yeah, so that makes sense. So you blend that together and then you dump in a packet of vanilla pudding mix 
Um, and that is the pudding. That is it. Um, and then you let that sort of set for three or four hours. And then you just whip heavy cream. And and surprisingly, you don't add any sugar to that. I did. I put two t- a tablespoons of like, uh, what is it? Um, powdered sugar uh, mm-hmm. or confectioner sugar, whatever you want to call it. And then I put a li- like just a little bit of vanilla in the whipped cream as well, too. And I put a little mm-hmm. bit of vanilla in the pudding just because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then you meld them together. You kind of fold them into each other, which makes this like luscious uh, pudding batter. Oh, it's so great. And then... Then you just start layering bananas, vanilla wafers, and the cream. And I will say, if if you are hesitant, uh, I think this is the banana pudding to convince you that banana pudding is uh, what you've been missing in your life. So, and you're in, you're there, Colin. I mean, I, would, I know if you can put in a special order. They do deliver the pudding uh, uh, like across the country. Keon looked into it for my birthday, but it was like seventy dollars to like right. ship it from New York, and he was like, no. No, uh, we can make this. But um, it's it's real good. I don't think I... I think in my mind, I was thinking it was like banana-flavored pudding. So it was oh, like... Oh, yeah, like, mm. that not so much. Yeah, yeah. this, I'm very interested. Yes, and okay. I would even venture to maybe put like some mini chocolate chips on top of it at the very end. Even some Mark. graham cracker would be good. But the vanilla wafers, uh, they're, they're great in it as well. Mm. Yeah, I would maybe crumble some graham cracker on top. I like a little extra crunchy. Yeah. You know, it's a texture yeah. thing, you know. Yes. Um, that sounds great. That, I, you know, um, it makes me want to finally go to Magnolia. Yeah. I mean, I've had, like, their cupcakes, but I've never kind of, like, done the, the you know, going to Magnolia and getting banana pudding. Yeah, so. the banana pudding is where it's at. All right. Well, yeah. well I, I've learned more. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. Um, How about you? So my BSA of the week, I don't know if I have any runners up, um, but I will say uh, one of the elements of Midnight Cowboy, that this is my BSA of the week, that I loved is there's a song that's featured very frequently in the movie, and it's <clears throat> it's called Everybody's Talking by Harry Nilsson. And I've heard it before. I know it's been used in another movie. It has this like... There's something about this song that it just, it it hit this weird, I don't know if it's nostalgia, because it's obviously from a time that is, yeah. you know, not from my youth, but there is this feeling that it's like the same feeling I get listening to like an old Paul Simon song. You know, there's just yeah. this like, there's this, it, it has this Kodachrome quality or something where yeah. it's just, I don't know what it is, but I very much recommend a, I, I actually would just recommend watching Midnight Cowboy because you'll get to hear the song a lot. Um, and it's like, as another pitch for Midnight, Midnight Cowboy, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this, but like, let, we'll see how much I get sucked in. You know, if, yeah. if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. I got sucked in like immediately. Uh-huh. Like the way that it moves, the way that everything about it, like it just engrossed me right away. So I mm-hmm. really, really recommend watching it. Um also because this song is just so good Integral. it's so good and it just like i think hearing it for the first time or like hearing it in the context of the movie is also kind of a nice experience mm. um because now whenever i hear it it kind of brings me back to certain shots yes um but it's um sort of an unexpected bsa of the week but nice. it is song is an option and um I uh, I highly recommend. I would say that this would dovetail into a recommendation to watch Midnight Cowboy, and that's maybe a runner-up for BSA of the week. Because I, 
I didn't, it wasn't like a wildly enjoyable experience in terms of like, it's not like watching Finding Nemo, but <laughs> it was, you know, it's such a good fucking movie. And just, um, I think there's, uh, there's certain like classic movies that everyone tells you you should watch. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, I should, I should. And then you watch them. And you're like, God, has anyone seen this? It's so good. Yeah. You know? And it's like, Spoiler yeah, alert. that's yes. why everyone was telling you to watch it. So that, that experience is, um, I recommend. Is so. it um, available on any streaming platform or do you have to rent it? You have to rent it. It okay. was on Amazon Prime for a while, but yeah. you can rent it for like three bucks or whatever. Got it. Um, but it's, you know, again, uh, I think that Sylvia Miles performance, um, yeah. there's some like, there's definitely some dark suggestions of like what happened to John Voight's character as a kid, like, uh, you know, when he was younger. There's some like yeah. disturbing flashbacks, but um, it never, there's no animal violence. Um, there's one scene that's kind of violent towards the end that was yeah. kind of disturbing, but uh, I've seen worse. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, right, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. Saddle up. Saddle up <laughs> and get ready for a really sad ride. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's um, But the music. Oh, the music. music. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the music, uh, it sounds oh, like there is some music playing right now. What a segue. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's because we're being played off our podcast, which shocks us every time yes um so before we before we ride off into the sunset or the moonlight so to speak uh where can people find more of you uh they can find more of me on twitter and instagram at nick kochanov and uh amanda and i are coming up we have an idea for a secret episode of squirrel friends cocktail hour that we're recording over the weekend so it's gonna be fun Ugh. it's gonna be our magnum opus, I think it should be. Fun. Oh my it's, god! It's, it's going to be a long, detailed conversation, but uh, it's about oh TV. God. That's all I'm going to say. Certain Thank you. Three different shows that we're going to be talking about and comparing. So get ready. Oh my god! This is I'm I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Um, and of course, if you want to chime in on any opinions or suggestions or um, I don't know, uh, Catherine Hepburn movies, uh, you can always email us at thebsapod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at BSA Pod. I'll try to post that Ava, Ava Gardner video post-haste. Mm. Mm. Um, well, you can, of course, get more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. I'm due a new episode soon. It's just we're just in a pandemic. so. Um, but I've got some ideas. Uh, and you can also find me on All Right Mary every week talking about drag race and drag competition reality shows and whatnot. And uh, you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Um, this has been uh, what a lovely celebration truly of Ingrid Bergman but uh, congrats Goldie Hawn uh, on on your Oscar um, and on the launch of your career exactly it really is that kind of Oscar too which I'm interested to see if there are any more of those in the future too I'm I'm sure Mm -hmm. there will be Um, yeah but until then yeah it's uh, it was a great movie ish but it, I mean, yeah, Ingrid, Ingrid is is the star. She's the star. Ingrid is the star. She is. Uh, oh, Doctor Winston, Julian Winston. Yeah, I just I think Diane Weist would be so good in it. I think oh. if she even did that voice too, would he, it'd be better. If you could just right. put her right in. Diane oh. Weist in Ingrid Bergman drag yeah. playing Cactus Flower. In Cactus Flower, yes, yeah, it's great. All right, universe, you've heard us. Yeah, get to, get to it. Happen. Yeah, and uh, that. <laughs> As they say, is that 
<laughs> God. Yeah. I had to. <laughs>